Look around you, find somebody, tell them you're glad to see them this morning. and you can be seated. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning. If you are our guest, maybe you're visiting with us today, thank you. We're so glad that you're here after the service. We've got a little gift for you in our information center. Go out, take a right. You'll run right into it. We'd love to get to know you better there at the end of the service, okay? Now let me invite you to close your eyes, bow your head. Let's go into a moment of prayer together. Take a moment before the Lord and just real simply ask, Lord, would you work in my life through this service? I think it's powerful to come in expecting God to move. Lord, would you work in my life? Pray, Lord, would you work in my heart? Would you show me what I need so that I can be more like you? We don't come to waste our time. We come on a purpose. Would you work through this service? I believe in the power of the gospel. I want to experience that this morning. Lord, we come to you. Thank you so much for this time. Lord, thank you for each one who's come to be a part of this service today. Lord, in this room, there are struggles and burdens and things that we are concerned with, worried with. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to give those to you and trust you, realizing how much you love us and care for us. <clears throat> Lord, I pray for those who are hurting, Miss Carol in the hospital, those recovering, Tom and Ray Cook and Miss Donnie. I pray you'll touch her body, give her healing. Thank you, Lord, that Barry's back with us today. Maddie McNeil and Linda South, Bill Hatfield, I pray that you'll be with these, Lord, that you'll touch their bodies. Give them strength today. Lord, for those fighting cancer, Thank you, Lord, that Dave was with us this morning. He's weak today, so I pray that you'll touch his body. For Gary Dine, Miss Laquita, Katie, Casey, and Rusty, Lord, I pray that you'll work a miracle. You are the great physician. We believe in you. We trust you. I pray that you'll work for your glory in each of these situations. Lord, for Linda and Ray and Howard as they have surgery upcoming, I pray that you'll guide the doctors and the nurses, that you'll be right there in the midst of it. Let them to feel your peace and your presence. And Lord, I lift up Shirley Ramey and that family. Thank you for a, a life that was lived so well. And Brother John, and for the family of John Fondren, Lord, as they go through this tragedy with his brother, I pray that you will... Put your arms around them. Let them to feel your presence and your comfort during this time. Now for this service, Lord, I pray our focus will be directed to you. Thank you for Brother Wes and this team. I pray you will lead them, guide. They will worship you with all of our heart. And as Brother Charles comes to preach, I pray that you will speak through him in a mighty way. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, all those wonderful attributes. Thank you for this time we have together. And to the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's say our scripture together. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death Philippians 3.10 Isaiah 51.6 Lift up your eyes to the heavens Look at the earth beneath The heavens will vanish like smoke The earth will wear out like a garment And its inhabitants die like flies But my salvation will last forever my righteousness will never fail. Please listen as we sing only one life. It matters so little how much you
sing this with us. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I've put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down. He's faithful I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful.
Everything.
Father, we're thankful for the day and for the opportunity to be here. We're thankful, Lord, that we can take our problems and our troubles to you in prayer. Thankful, Heavenly Father, for each one of the church and each one to have a part. Pray that you continue to guide them, bless them, and help us give us the Holy Spirit through their actions. Pray, Lord, for those that are sick and away from us, bless and heal them that could be thy will. Pray now that you'd give us listening ears and opening hearts to receive your word. And Lord, if there's one here that knows not Jesus at this time to be the day that he, they'll find Jesus as his Savior, help us, Heavenly Father, to be the Christian and person we should be in our life and be a witness to you. All these things we ask in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. was broken, mine was mended. He became sin, now I am clean. The cross he carried bore my burden. The nails that held him set me free. Of his garment 
and oppressed. I'm loved and accepted, and I wear a robe of righteousness. His life for mine, his life for mine. Tell me how could it ever be that he should die? God's son would die to save a wretch like me. What love divine he gave his love. preach after that my goodness I, I started out this morning with a full coat and a tie and I I got rid of the coat in this first service and <clears throat> I've got a throat problem and I've been doing a lozenger and in the second service the lozenger shot out to about that fifth row or so <laughs> thank God I don't have false teeth I, yeah. <laughs> So in this one, I'm not going to do a lozenger. I'm just going to have to cough through it and, uh, and maybe get through it. But Brother Case, get ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, my, okay. Look in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. We're working our way through Philippians, uh, talking about overcoming life's obstacles. And the three primary ones are the uh, overcoming life's obstacles. The children's church hadn't left yet? Is that what you're saying? Oh, you sent me a text? <laughs> okay. Dismiss kids. Well, this is going to take a while, I guarantee you. Isn't this a beautiful sight? Amen. Just knock, don't knock the glass out of the windows. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last but not least, did y'all see Christy last week with the war paint under her eyes? Yeah. Mm, she took that serious. Yeah. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible says, Notwithstanding, you have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. 
Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, thank you this morning. Lord, we come to you with an humble heart. Lord, just seeing those children walk out of here and, and go next door, Lord, reminds us of the great responsibility we have as parents and as a church to raise them in the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. And Lord, even in this congregation now, I would plead with you, O oh God, let your Holy Spirit have control. May what I say uh, be simple and understandable. And Lord, uh, would, would you just touch those that need your touch this morning? And Lord, don't let them leave here the same way they came. Lord, there are some in this place. They need more than anything a relationship with you. And oh God, how you long for that relationship. Would you save them today? Others need to be a part of this church. Others may have been saved but never been baptized. Some just need to come to this altar and weep for family and friends. Lord, whatever the need, would you meet that need today? And we praise you. And we're going to thank you in advance. I don't know what you're going to do, but Lord, I'm expecting you to do all great things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Overcoming life's obstacles. We have determined over the last few weeks that Christ is our source. We have determined that Christ is our sufficiency. <clears throat> we have determined that Christ is our supply. If he is our source and he is our sufficiency and he is our supply, then why in the world would we want to focus on ourselves rather than focus on Jesus? Uh, the problem today is that we are self-focused uh, and, and we, we seem to just kind of have forgotten what other people's needs are. Uh, but in this scripture, there is marks, there are marks of a life focused on Christ. And let me just give them to you. And I won't say very much today because I can't say very much today. Uh, first of all, that in this scripture, if you're going to be self-focused or you're going to be focused on Christ, you're going to have a life of gratitude. And you can go ahead and put a slash there and say courtesy. There are some things that we just need to get back to doing some old-fashioned ways. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Excuse me. Could I hold this door for you? You're welcome. Thank you. Just some old-fashioned things. You say, uh, preacher, they know that I'm grateful. Some of you like that guy that got married 
40 years ago. You told your wife you loved her then, and if anything changes, you'll let her know. That's not, that's not focused on Christ when you have that spirit and that attitude. Some people never express thanks. And then when you get to that point where you're self-focused, you come to a point where you're entitled. I, I ought to get this. I ought to do this. I ought to be this because I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to it. Let me tell you something. You're not, everything you've got comes from the Lord above. You're not entitled to one thing except death and destruction. And Jesus has saved you. We once were blind, but now we see. We once were lost, but now we're found. We once were in darkness, but we've been delivered to light. We once were goats, but now we're sheep. We once were tares, now we're wheat. And we're going to heaven. We're not going to hell. Everything we've got, we ought to be grateful for. And we ought to show courtesy for it too. It has nothing to do with us. Not a thing. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. It's all about a crucified Savior shedding his blood. Loving God who is willing to be reconciled to us through his son on the cross whom he gave. It's all him. It's not us. I worship God with a grateful heart. And I ought to also express my gratefulness to those who have stood by me, those who have offered their prayers, those who have shown their love, those who have given tangible gifts, those who have offered up encouragement. I ought to be grateful. I ought to be thankful, and I ought to be courteous to them. You, you talk about not being self-focused. Paul is sitting here in jail fixing to die and he's worried that the church that sent him a love offering might not know that he thanked them. I want to be sure they understand how much I appreciate that. He's also grateful that they stuck with him. The church is being persecuted here, and, and, and he's in jail in Rome, and they didn't write him off. I don't want to be a prophet. Never have wanted to be one. But I've just got a feeling, just got a feeling that when time comes for persecution, there are going to be a lot of people that say, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not going back down to that, that Woodland Hills church. Mm -mm. No, I'm going to find me a church where it's all peace, where the government's happy with everybody, and where everybody knows what to do. You see, I have people all the time say, Preacher, I want you, just want you to know, I love the way you preach, and I'm standing behind you. And I look around, I ain't seen them in the last mile and a half. <laughs> I, I know you're behind me, but how far behind are you? They didn't write him off. They didn't say, I don't want to be associated with him. What did they do? They sent one of their own, Epaphroditus, there to give him another offering. And when he walked in, and he looked into that jail cell. What he was telling Paul is, there's a church back here at Philippi that loves you, that's praying for you, and that's going to stand with you. And that's what the church ought to be doing today to every one of our members. If you're a part of this church and this fellowship, you're loved. We're going to stand with you. It doesn't mean we're going to say that you're right when you're wrong. That's where the big hang-up comes. 
we have this entitlement that we think whatever we've done, it makes it all relative. It makes it all right. No, there's a, there's a book that we go by. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Some of you need to go back and remember that. Hmm. Gratefulness. Courtesy. You, you, you can't be focused on Jesus and be mean as a snake. It just, they don't jive together. Not only gratefulness and courtesy, but if you're going to be focused on Christ, you find anybody that's focused on Christ, I want to tell you, you're going to find a generous person. Generosity is one of their traits. <clears throat> now, the, the Bible makes it clear uh, that when you begin to do it God's way, God sends back blessings. You give, God gives back. You give, you, you receive. You give, you receive. You give, you receive. You're not going to outgive God. There's three of you think that. I guarantee you. I can tell you that. You're not going to outgive God. Verse 15. And, and listen to me now. I'm not just talking about money. Every time preachers say something about this. And I, I just put this to rest too. I'm not afraid to preach on money. I preach through the Bible, just usually verse by verse. If money comes up, I'll preach on money. If money don't come up, I don't preach on money. It's just that simple. Now, I know there are people say, every time I go to church, uh, the preacher preaches on money. Well, you ought to come more than once every six months. <laughs> but I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about talent. Do you know how many people who are listening by live stream now that would love to get a phone call from somebody this week that's sitting in the house by themselves, has no car, can't drive, no family around, everybody working, and they're there from sunup to sundown by themselves? Hmm? Your talents? Man, what a blessing to be able to. Brother Aaron is, is in Atlanta today with his uh, dad. He's retiring there after 30-some-odd years. And what a blessing to be able to have. And Wes is not the only one. There are others, too, that can fill in, too. What a blessing that is. You ought to be ashamed of yourself if you can sing and you're not in the choir. Huh? Well, okay. <laughs> Verse 15. Paul says, now ye Philippians, you know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when he began his first missionary journey, he said, nobody talked to me about giving or receiving except y'all. Nobody. Now, I wanna, when you see that word gospel, I want to just stop just for a minute because that word today is being tossed around and, and thrown around, you know, and I want, I want just, just to remind you that the gospel is the fact that Jesus Christ died, shed his blood, and the grave couldn't hold him. He arose the third day, and he's alive today, and he's coming back. That's the gospel. You say, well, now, I heard on Oprah where they, I, I don't care what you heard on Oprah. I'm telling you what the gospel is. And, and if Jesus would have just held his mouth, hmm, Jesus said, I'm, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If he'd have just said that and stopped, 
then somebody may could argue, well, he's a, he's a way, the truth, and the life, but maybe there's another way. But he didn't stop. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. That's what Jesus said. And I don't care if it's 2050 when we're here or 2023, you're not going to get eternal life in heaven without going through the cross in Jesus Christ. That's it. Now, there's a law that's embedded in this verse. It's called the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest has three simple facts to it. Fact number one, you always reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7 says the same thing. Whatever you sow, if you want peanuts, don't you sow corn because you ain't going to get peanuts. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. The second law is you always reap later than you sow. So it doesn't make any difference. I mean, you may sow and you say, all right, I'm I'm going to reap. No, you're not. You're not going to reap a harvest till later on. The harvest comes later down the road. And then the third law of the harvest is you always reap more than you sow. So you, you, you reap what you sow, you reap later than you sow, and you reap more than you sow. David looked at Goliath and said, I want her. He committed adultery. David sowed the seed of adultery. The law of the harvest works with sin too. He committed the sin. You sow to the flesh, you're going to reap to the flesh. We say what goes around comes around. The old timey preacher said the chickens are coming home to roost. He reaps what he sowed. He reaped later than he sowed. The baby died later. And he reaps the judgment of God. It's more than he sowed. It's a terrible judgment. Why? Because David planted the harvest. Don't you plant wickedness and think you're going to reap peace. The law of the harvest won't work like that. You reap what you sow. You reap later than you sow. And you reap more than you sow. But it not only works in the area of sin, it works in the area of soul winning. Psalm 126 says, He that goeth forth and weaveth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Paul says it like this. Paul says that one sows and another waters, but God gives the increase. You, you can't give the increase. There's no way. Nobody in this room can give the increase. You can water, you can cultivate, you can sow, but you cannot give the increase. That's the law of the harvest. You say, oh, don't, don't, listen, don't be discouraged when you're witnessing and nobody responds. You know, I have people all the time say, preacher, I don't see how anybody sat through that and didn't get saved. That's way above my pay scale. I have no idea. All I know is I'm going to keep sowing the seed. I'm going to keep breathing the word of God until the day my last breath is gone. I'm not going to be discouraged because the law of the harvest works in salvation and soul winning. I'm sowing the seed. 
It's going to come later, but it's going to come more. And we've seen God do that harvest thing over and over again in this church. You can go back and look and see, and it looks like there's nothing happening, and all of a sudden there'll be 30 people saved. And then you go on, it's planting the harvest again. It's reaping. You can't keep reaping the harvest if you're not sowing the harvest. Somebody sows a seed. Some of you in this place today, you've got your grandchildren with you. Some of you got your children. And if your children are in church serving the Lord, let me just tell you, you ought to rejoice in the Lord. You, you ought to be the one singing high praises. But if they're not, and you're the one that's got your grandchildren, just keep sowing that seed. You say, well, this gets, gets discouraged. Just keep sowing that seed. That little granddaughter or that little grandson one day is going to grow up. And they're going to marry. And they're going to sow the seed to them. And then they're going to sow it to their children. And they're going to be saved. And then they're going to get married. And they're going to show it to their children. And in the great day coming, there's going to be a large reunion. Don't get discouraged because somebody said no. They didn't say no to you. They said no to Jesus. You're, that's, hey, the results are not in your hand. It works also not only in the area of sin and the area of soul winning. Well, glory, it works in the area of stewardship, of giving. <laughs> you're going to give, and God's going to bless, and you're going to receive. You're going to give, God's going to bless. Paul said it like this to the church at Corinth. He said, if you sow sparingly, let me tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, this is not me now. This is out of the word of God. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. That's what the word of God says. There have been times, everybody doesn't agree, uh, but... Uh, there have been times when we get in financial trouble, God's blessing, and yet we're over our heads, and people go and they say, how are we going to get out of this mess? The only way to get out of this mess is to give our way out of this mess. Now, we're not in financial trouble now, praise God, but I can get you in it in no, in no, no time. <laughs> <laughs> but the only way to get out of a financial mess is to give yourself out of it you say oh no 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 I, I know what you're talking about you're going to get all the people together and we're all going to give a little bit of money and everything and, 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 and we're going to get out of the mess we're in no that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about this church has got to give to missionaries and to evangelists and to singers and to nonprofits who are helping the ministry and furthering the ministry, like Graciously Broken or like Jesus Burger and those things like that. When you give to those things, God gives back to the church. Mm. I can't tell you a whole lot about self focused people but I can tell you three things you're wondering I wonder if he thinks I'm self-focused I'm not I'm, I'm not calling that I'm just going to give you these three things if you're self-focused self-focused you are tight 
you are stingy and you're cheap. You say, now, preacher, I'm frugal. No, you're not. You're lying. You're cheap. Huh? When you become self-focused, it's all about what you can get for yourself. I've, I've never seen a generation that wanted more for ourselves. Becky, Becky and I laugh about it all the time because everywhere we look, uh, they're building storage buildings. Yeah. And I asked Jerry here about three weeks ago, I said, have you got a storage room? He's the only room I got in Shreveport. Got one left over there. I thought, my goodness. And he owns a half dozen of them. I don't, they're all full. We, we, we're buying storage rooms so we can buy more junk to fill up the, the storage rooms with. And then he says the church. I, I got to just say a word about the church. You may be listening by live stream. Let me tell you this. There are people that go around saying the church is irrelevant. And the church is obsolete. And it's not going to make it. I would just tell you this. Jesus invented the church in Matthew 16. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. This ain't your church. It's nobody's church. Jesus invented the church. Jesus invested in the church. And Jesus is coming back for the church. And I can tell you this for positive sure. I don't know how big the church will be. But I will tell you for positive sure, when the Lord comes in that rapture time, he's picking up the church and carrying us out of here. If you're in the church, you're going to be carried out. If you're not in the church, you're going to be left here. I don't want to be rude, but you ain't got a thing to say about it. You didn't invent it. It's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. What do you mean the church is not relevant? Some of these knothead preachers are not relevant. Good grief. Do you, if you're saved here this morning, do you know what's happened to you? You've been brought out of sin into freedom. You've been brought out of darkness into light. You, you've been brought out of bondage into freedom. And, and, and I love the way this church was started at Philippi. I've got to watch my time. Uh, Paul went usually to the synagogues to preach. But in Philippi, it was a Roman colony, so they didn't have a Jewish synagogue. And history tells us that when there was no Jewish synagogue, I don't know why, they would gather at the river to pray, and, and the Jews would gather together. So Paul goes down to the river to preach. He meets a lady there named Lydia. The Bible says Lydia is a seller of purple. In other words, she got some money. She's rich. Now, history told, and it's still this way in many countries. It's this way in Kenya. It's this way in Haiti. Uh, there, there are people who are at the top. They're the big shots. They got the money. 
And then there's a level that they're down on the bottom. They ain't got a dime. And then there's usually a middle class people. They're working. They work for the government. They work for the school. They work somewhere, and they draw an income, and they're honest workers and trying to pay their bills. It's always that way. So Paul preaches to, to Lydia. He witnesses to her. Now, the Bible says against these preachers that say, I don't know why y'all are talking about inviting Jesus into your heart. We don't do that anymore. Well, if you look, the Bible says God opened the heart of Lydia. And he came in. And he saved her. And she took him home, and the whole family was saved. So you got the rich folk up here, they're saved. And then the next one we see in Acts chapter 16, where it's all located, it's a little girl that's a slave girl. She don't have a dime to her name. She don't even own the clothes she's wearing. She's property. And the, they're making money out of her because she's demon-possessed. She's doing fortune-telling. And she follows them around. She's saying the right words. She's just saying them at the wrong time. And so Paul finally, I love that verse, the preacher got annoyed. <laughs> the preacher got annoyed. The Bible says that Paul turned around. He didn't speak to her. He spoke to the demons in her. And he said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. They came out. She got saved. Everybody's having a party. Except the guys who owned her. They have Paul and say, so you got one saved up here now that's on the rich part. You got one saved down here that ain't got a dime. And Paul and Silas are thrown into prison. And at midnight, they're singing hallelujah chorus. And the jail cells all fly open. And the jailer comes and he says, well, you know, all the jail cells are open. I just was going to go ahead and take a sword and kill myself. That's what they're going to do to me. And out of the darkness, Paul said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. Say what? All the doors to the cell are open. We're all here. He goes in and he said, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So now you've got the rich that are saved. They're fixing to start a church. We got Lydia up here, bless God. They got the poor, they ain't got a dime. And now they've got the middle man who's working hard. He's a good jailer. He's working for a living. That's the way God's church ought to be. The, the big shot, they're all, listen, anything that divides us ought to be left at that door out there. When you come into the house of God, we ought to be one family together. Anything that divides us, it, it ought to be left outside there. This is a, there's no big shots in the church. There's no little shots in the church. And the truth is, the big shots who think they're looking over the little shots ought to be shot. <laughs> I didn't say that. You got three seconds to take that off a live stream. Let me tell you, in this church here this morning, there are no orphans. There, there, there's no outcasts. There's no losers. 
There's no nerds. There's no cool people. Man, this is a house of God. We've come to worship. It doesn't matter whether you're brown or red or black or white. The ground is level at the cross. <laughs> he bounds them all together and starts a church. That's the church that's sending old Paul some money. A lot of churches closing today. Lots. And I want to tell you, my version of that is if they're an illegitimate church, they ought to shut down. I mean, I can take you to East Texas, and I can show you one church and another church a half a mile, and another. I can take you to East Texas and show you up here uh, one church that's on one side of 287 and another church on the other side of 287. I can take you to East Texas, and I can show you one church out here and one sitting next door to it. Because they can't get along. Won't that bless the heart of God? It's like that old boy that had been on that island for 30 years and they finally rescued him. They were asking him about all the dwellings there. He said, well, I live there. That's my dwelling where I live. He said, well, what's that building over there? He said, that's where I go to church. He said, well, what's that building over there? He said, that's where I used to go to church. You, you can't get along with yourself. <laughs> let, me, let me give you one more, well, two more things quickly here. i got to hurry. Generosity is an impulse. It, you, you, you just can't hardly plan generosity out. Generosity is one of those things when you see a need, you meet the need. They, they didn't have any campaigns to raise money for Paul going on missionary journeys. Nobody had time to do any of that. They just gave. And then, then lastly, not lastly of the sermon, but lastly of this section. <laughs> the gift they gave was an offering. Now listen to me. Hear me well. The gift they gave was not to Paul. It was to the God that Paul served. See, when you're here clapping for somebody singing... We, we ain't clapping for the people up here on the stage. We're clapping for the one that saved them and that serves. It's the king of kings and lord of lords. We're not giving man recognition and clap. We're praising the Lord. And I want to tell you, he deserves everything we got. Now, if you tell me that you went to high school and you never clapped at a football game, then you can just sit there like a dead Indian. But I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to get in trouble again. Well, I better hush. Let me, let me go on to the last thing. i got to get through. If you're focused on Jesus Christ, you're going to be grateful. And you're going to be courteous about it. You, you, you can't be with God and be mean as a snake. And secondly, you're going to be generous. You'll be able to spot people who are focused on God because they're generous. And the third thing you can spot about them is they got a life of expectancy. They're expecting God to do something. They didn't come in just because they always come in. They expected God to do something. Uh, it, it, verse 19. Ooh, I wish I had an hour right here. It, it says, but my God shall supply all your need 
according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You ought to underline that verse. And then you ought to put two stars out beside it. You ought to borrow your neighbor's highlighter and highlight that verse and memorize it. Because that's one of the best verses in the Word of God. Our area today says there's something wrong with the supply chain. Hmm. That's why we can't get eggs, the supply chain. That's why we're waiting on a bus three years to get an air conditioner in it, the supply chain. Well, let me tell you something about the supply chain that we've got in God. There is no waiting. He's got plenty. He's got plenty. Have you ever thought, if you leave God here and run over there, God's already over there before you get there? And if you leave there and run back here, God's already there before you get there? He's everywhere. And he said, my God, that makes it personal. Not, not your God. I don't, I'm, I, don't want to be, I don't care about your God. I'm talking about my God. Personally, my God shall supply. No problem with the power chain, with the supply chain there, uh, the fulfillment center or anything else. My God shall supply according to God's riches. Now listen, this is important. It's not out of his riches. It's according to his riches. Becky and I moved to Nederland, and they, they, they had a couple of vans there. They were almost, well, they weren't new. They, they didn't have 30,000 miles on them. They bought them new. And I told the church, I said, look, I've, I've been dealing with busing vans a long time, even as a young man. These things need to be driven. You need to let the staff run them around town and everything. It's good advertisement, too, if you're driving good. It's good advertisement. Uh, and they, they said, you're just looking for a free ride. I said, no, that's why they break down every time we go out of town. Now, they didn't ever figure that out. They bought another one and did the same thing with it. <clears throat> but we were trying to raise money to buy a new van. Our neighbor across the street, remember him? Her, sweet people. He said, I, I'll tell you, I love young people. And I, I want to I wanna get in. I want to be the first one to, to give a big payment on that van. Oh, my soul, I know he's a millionaire. I know that. He's retired from Texaco. He's got, I, I know, everybody knows that. He said, come over tomorrow morning, I'm going to give you a check. I couldn't hardly sleep. <laughs> I thought, man, he loved buy this whole thing. We may get two vans out of it. I got that check, <laughs> come back across the road, open that thing up, it was for $50. <laughs> you remember that? $50. You see, what he did was he gave out of his riches. He lost $50 because he took 50 out of his riches to give me $50 for that van. That ain't how God works. God supplies your need according to his riches. His assets don't go down when he gives you. Whew. I tell you, that may not shock anybody, but man, that, that gets me fired up. Hebrews 4, 16 says that we have access to the throne. We can go right in there and say, Father, this is what I need. You have not because you ask not. You ask and don't get because you ask amiss. Hmm. D.L. Moody 
is one of my favorite guys that I read after. I think probably the truth is he probably won more people to Jesus than probably anybody alive. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that for sure, but he was a great, great soul winner. He says that Philippians 4.19 is God's check to us. God's check. He said where it says, my God, he said, that's the name of the firm. He said where it says, shall supply, that's the firm's promise to make that check good. All your need, he said, that's the amount of the check. And then his riches, he said, that's the account that he's going to take it out of in his bookkeeping. And then in glory, he said, that's the address of the bank. And then it's signed by Christ Jesus. That's the signature. <laughs> and then Moody held up a check to his congregation. And he said, everything has been done to this check. All you need to do is turn it over and endorse it by faith. Wow. There's some of you today, you need to be saved. It's already bought and paid for. All you need to do is endorse it by faith and say, I want to be saved. Some of you have been thinking about joining this church. You know, I think I'm usually not any crazier today than I was last week. So, I mean, you know, what it is is what it is. <laughs> Thank you for that word of encouragement. You need a church home. You need a local church home. Somewhere where you can come and somewhere where you are loved and somewhere where you can be prayed for and somewhere where you can serve and be served. Maybe you need to join this church. All I'd ask you to do is just pray about what God wants you to do and then say yes to God. Pray with me. Father, uh, <clears throat> My heart's burdened today. Lord, there's a lot on my mind, a lot on my heart. Two very special prayer requests, Lord. That, mm. But Lord, my heart is also burdened for those who may be physically well sitting in this congregation, and yet spiritually they're not well. Oh God, would you open their heart like you opened Lydia's heart? And would you come into their heart and save them before it's eternally too late? God, there are others that, that may could use their time and their talent and their resources and stewardship to further your kingdom through this church. Lord, would you have them make a decision? And if it's not here, then Lord, some local church where they can get plugged in and where, where they can walk by faith and trust you. We'd ask you, Lord Jesus, not to pass anybody by today. Stop at every one of us. We'll praise you and thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? This team leads us in our invitation. Would you come?
Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Pass me not, gentle Savior. people said amen thank you again for being here this morning what a great service 
Keep praying for revival. Some of you men may have made a commitment yesterday uh, with Brother Leroy's testimony to be at the altar praying for revival during March. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, different places, the Holy Spirit's moving in different places. I asked the Lord last night, I can't think of a reason why you don't move right here. You know, I, I, he's, he's God, he's sovereign, he's doing what he wants to do. But I tell you, I want in on revival. And I think it's going to come when we pray and, and really seriously pray and seek the Lord. Thank you for being here. Don't forget tonight, no services here, uh, no ladies' Bible study, no, uh, 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 what else are we having? Uh, evangelism initiative, none tonight. Everything is at, at Marshall at uh, <clears throat> Memorial City Hall, starts at 6 o'clock. If you want to ride the bus, we'll let you off right at the door where you can walk right in and we'll get the bus. And, uh, if it's cold tonight, our guys are going to get her early and start up the wood heaters on the buses and everything and get them all ready to run. And, and uh, it'll be, we'll be comfortable on those buses, I'll guarantee you. But we'll be glad to take you over there uh, so that you won't have to drive in the middle of all that. Everything else is just regular right on through. Uh, the week, a normal schedule there. You see everything else coming up in the uh, uh, bulletin. Would you pray also for Mason Creek uh, today? They're having a special day of giving. Uh, they have an air conditioner, and uh, uh, it's been out for a couple of three months. It's about a $19,000, 12-and-a-half ton air conditioner. And so they're going to be having a day of giving to try to uh, create the money to buy that air conditioner. Uh, so just pray for them. They're, they're excited over there. And let me just tell you this uh, quickly here. Uh, if you, because uh, I hear people say all the time, uh, I love this church. It's just too big. It's just too big. Well, there's two options. Option number one is come right down here and sit and don't ever look around. <laughs> you won't ever think it's too big. Option number two is Go to our satellite church at, at Mason Creek. I preach the same message there. We have great music there. Uh, it's a great time of fellowship. There's about 100 people there. And it's a much smaller church, and yet it's a friendly, warm church too. So we don't care where, and, and I'll be honest with you, if, if Woodland Hills is not the kind of church that you need, we'll help you find wherever you want to. Uh, you need to be plugged in and be faithful in these last days. Your children need to know that you're faithful and your grandchildren need to know that you're faithful in these last days. It's not gonna matter so much where, if it's preaching the word of God, don't go out here to one of these things that's just reading out a Reader's Digest, but uh, get, get you something with the word of God, amen? I love to tell the story, twill be my theme and glory. To tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Brother Randy, lead us in our closing prayer, please. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you.